Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. The Power of Planning, Part 3. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, and each and every week, we dive deep into one of the core competencies outlined in The Complete Leader. Definitely pick up the book and visit the website, thecompleteleader.org. And uh, for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about this idea of planning and organizing. Ron Price, co-author of The Complete Leader. Um, give us a brief recap and a summary of, of what we've covered up, the, up to this point. I'll tell you, you have given us some fantastic tools at the individual level to build this concept, this, uh, this skill of planning and organizing. And I have to tell you, tell you Dale, that I'm going to go back and listen to our conversations uh, several times because, as I mentioned in an earlier uh, conversation, we all have a knowing-doing gap, this space between what we know to do and how we actually practice it. And I need to keep getting better and better at this skill. So I'm sort of speaking to myself as we talk about this. We describe planning and organizing as being uh, logical, specific, detailed in planning out our work before we then execute our work. And the benefits of it are that it will improve the quality of what we do It will help us to deliver greater value to our customers or our stakeholders. It will also help us to be more timely. We'll we'll do a better job of hitting deadlines or beating deadlines when we've done a good job planning because we can see what it's going to take and how it needs to be organized in order to get it done within the time frame that's ideal. And it will make us more efficient. We won't, won't waste as many resources. We'll make better use of our resources if we do a good job of planning and organizing. And then we've also been talking about prioritizing and how we need to develop this acute awareness, this this greater clarity around the difference between the things which are urgent and the things that are important. And so we talked about that battle between urgent and important. And finally, we've talked about how planning and organizing should be happening in three dimensions. It should be how we plan and organize our learning, our thinking so that we're more intentional and purposeful and effective in developing our, our expertise, that we should be more intentional in how we plan and organize for results, the actual work that we do, and that we should be more intentional and purposeful in how we plan our relationships, enriching, nurturing, and growing our relationships. That planning and organizing skills really have a profound impact in all three of these dimensions. I, I think to wrap it up, I love this phrase, that planning and organizing is about organizing and executing around priorities. And to me, organizing is one thing, executing is another. When you do them both, wow, it's terrific what you get. But if you don't start with planning and organizing, you'll never get to the high level of execution. And I will tell you, you gave us some great tools around this idea of prioritization in uh, the in the most previous episode. So encourage folks to go back and listen to that. So today we have promised that we're going to dive into the idea of planning and organizing with others. Yeah, this is so great. You know, first of all, this skill planning and organizing, like all the other skills that we write about in The Complete Leader, it's not that you take a class and you've graduated, now you can move on to the next thing. This is a skill that you have to come back and revisit over and over as your career and your life unfolds because 
we really should be thinking about adding to what we have. It's not just getting to a point where you can say, I've got this nailed down, I'm comfortable. But every new challenge, every new opportunity, in a way, every relationship gives us the opportunity to keep developing this skill more and more. So it reinforces the idea that this is a journey, not a destination. And for me, one of the biggest advantages of planning and organizing when it comes to working with others is that when you bring other people into the practice of planning and organizing, you end up with increased focus, increased commitment, support, and most of all, accountability, because what becomes transparent to everybody else, you feel more accountable to do yourself. One example of this for me, Dale, is that about 10, 12 years ago, I developed a performance management system for myself, which we now teach to executives around the world. And uh, the idea was I, I established a set of key results that would reflect superior performance in my work for that year. In this particular case, I had five key results. And I thought about what are the metrics, what are the ways that I'll measure those results, and what do I need to do to achieve those results? So this was a, a, a version of planning and organizing. And then I would track how I actually got those things accomplished. I would track every quarter. I had a, a report that I generated for myself, and then annually. And of the five key results that I had, one of them, two years in a row, I underperformed. I wasn't getting what I thought was the minimum acceptable achievement level in that key result. So I thought, okay, I could just fire myself. Of course, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so that then I thought, well, maybe I can just forget about this key result. Maybe it's really not that important. And I should say, forget about it. Just take it off the list. I thought, no, I would be disappointed if I did that. So then I thought, I've got to think of a more radical way of addressing this key result. Now, I, radical, what I mean by that is I need to get to the root cause of why I'm not achieving this key result. And I spent time thinking about it. And I decided that the reason I wasn't achieving this key result was because I was trying to do it alone. So for the third year, I built a team to achieve this key result. Now, they weren't spending all their time on this. I just told these people, I need your help. And I'm gonna, we're going to have to do this together. I can't do it alone. And that third year, we hit a home run. And it helped me to understand, too often as leaders, we think that leadership is an independent responsibility, that it's a solitary, that it's an individual job. And most of the, mo the great things that we accomplish as leaders, we never accomplish them alone. It's always by asking other people to work with us. So for me, this idea of... Um, using planning and organizing skills to improve team performance is this next level of developing it as a skill once we've built some of the individual habits that we need to. So let's talk about some practical ways to grow this in the context of working with others. Well, the first thing is in order to do good planning and organizing as a team, you have to make sure that you have shared interests. One of the mistakes we make a lot of times as leaders is we think because I'm interested, that means everybody else is. And so we assume people's commitment without checking and make, making sure that they see the value in it for themselves. Let's face it, everybody we work with is a human being, and it's built into our, the way our mind is wired that we always ask the question, what's in it for me? So we have to begin by making sure that, in fact, we really do have shared interest if we're going to be successful. And then, of course, from there, we want to say, so what do we actually want to accomplish together? 
and what will be the benefits if we accomplish this? And another great question would be, what obstacles might we run into? What might put us at risk of failing to accomplish this? And then what new skills might we need? What, what might we need to learn or grow in order to accomplish this? And then a final question that we could ask would be, should there be somebody else involved? Do we need somebody else to help us be the ideal team in order to get this done? So when you've answered all those questions, and I know I've gone through all of that, but essentially you've answered what are we doing, why, who's involved. Now we can start to plan on how we're going to do it. And I think a lot of times as a team we fail because we get into the how before we've answered those other questions. So by the way, Dale, I, I've given our audience a lot there, so I'm, I'll go ahead and have this prepared. If they send me an email, I'll be happy to send them these questions that I've included in getting a good start for planning and organizing as a team. Was, there's an external component. There's an internal component to this. It's really, um, it's, it's sounding like a great planning tool. It really is a great planning tool. And I think if we understand what's going on internally with people, we're going to be much more successful when we do the practical steps of planning and organizing. Would you call this project management? Yeah, that's actually, I think, a great term. And I think in today's world, project management is a phenomenal capability for a leader to have. Because project management is how you take a complex uh, goal or project or program, something that has a lot of moving parts, and how you organize it so that a team can work on it together, and it's not just one person's responsibility. Project management is a tremendous tool for delegating effectively. And for a lot of leaders, they're not going to be able to take on more responsibility until they've mastered this. So I'd say project management is the team version of planning and organizing. And a good project plan includes what we've already talked about. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? Who's going to be involved? And then it's going to be what are the action steps? What are the intermediate goals? What are the timelines? putting dates on how we can measure our progress along the way and when does this project need to deliver. And then a, a good project management plan also assigns who's responsible for what so that there's great clarity about who's doing what part of this project to get it done. And it includes metrics that help us to define and track the quality the timeliness and the efficiency of the project that we're working on. So project management is like planning and organizing on steroids. So is project management, I, I can imagine there might be a leader out there listening who would say, I can delegate that to somebody else to worry about. How important is it for the leader, for the person aspiring to be the complete leader? Well, it, it may not be the leader's job to actually do the project management, but it's certainly valuable for them to understand it. I'm thinking of a CEO that I was with last week who's the CEO of a health system. Very successful. And as we spent a day with 60 of his leaders talking about their goals for the coming year and having a conversation about what it means to be a leader, I was so impressed that even though he doesn't manage the day-to-day, -day, he understands it. He knows how it works. And in large part, you don't really understand it unless you've done it yourself. So even though a leader may not always be the manager of the project, they may not be in charge of it, they need to understand it and make sure that it's being done with that kind of detail, that kind of excellence in order for the team to achieve better results. And it's then really critical for that team aspect. 
I really think that you could do project management as an individual, but I think it's greatest value. The most power that it gives you is when you're doing it in the context of a team where you have a lot of people all working toward a common goal. And then you have some suggestions for us on how to do this well. Yeah. So how you do it well depends on the complexity of the project. The more complex, the more sophisticated your system needs to be for doing a good job with uh, project management. So if it's a simple project, it can be just making a list. What are we going to do? Why are we doing it? What are the benefits? What are the obstacles? What do we need to learn? Who's going to be involved with this? How are we going to do it? And when are we going to get it done? You're just answering those questions. But for more complicated projects, you might want to lay it out in what we call a Gantt chart. You can do this just in a, a Excel spreadsheet or some type of a spreadsheet, but it's the tasks down the left-hand column. And across the top, you have the timeframes of when things need to be done. And then that task, you, you color code in the time during which it's going to be worked on and when that part of the project's going to be done. And you might put in there who's responsible for it as well. So that's sort of the next level of project management using a Gantt chart. And then for really sophisticated projects that you're working on, there are software packages that add layers to that basic Gantt chart. They create things like deployment charts and, and workflow charts and process maps. And there are all kinds of things that you can do as you get into more and more complex project management. So the complexity of the project determines what the right tool is to use in order to be successful. And those tools are readily available. So let's, the, the obvious part, planning and organizing is definitely about this idea of commitments and motivation and then a detailed blueprint or a plan to achieve the desired result. Start yeah. with the end in mind. Absolutely. And I would say what we all need to do as leaders is we need to ask the question, so what's my relationship to this skill? Some of us are going to say, well, I don't like doing this or I'm, I'm not good at it. Or some of us might say, I love doing this. I could spend all my time doing this. So we first have to say, what's my relationship to this skill and what's the payoff? What's the benefit if I develop this skill more? What if I could get, you know, 10, 20% better at it? Or do I just neglect it and hope for the best? Do I just hope things are going to work out? You know the old phrase, hope is not a strategy. Well, hope is not planning and organizing either. Mm -hmm. And so the question becomes, um, at what level of planning and organization will I have the optimal degree of success? And we all fall one side of that equation. Some of us may do too much planning and organizing and we need to get more focused on the execution. A lot of us, spend too much time on the execution and we need to spend more time in the planning and organizing so that our execution is smarter, more potent, and more successful. What we definitely want. Any final thoughts for us? Again, I come back to um, if you could get 10 or 20% better, what would the benefit be? So think about your relationship to planning and organizing skills. And just one more cliche that's also, it's just all too true. Those who fail to plan are actually planning to fail. That is a good thought to leave us with. Ron Price, co-author, along with Randy Lisk, of The Complete Leader. And we've just spent now three episodes diving into this idea of planning and organizing. And uh, you've given us so much to work on and to get better. So thank you very much for that, Ron. Thank you, Dale. Great to be with you. And there are even more resources around this idea and so many more at 
thecompleteleader.org. Definitely encourage you to check out the website. And while you're online, if you'd like to see what Ron and his team can do for you and your business, it's price-associates.com, price-associates.com. Ron would love to hear from you as well. Drop him an email anytime in that email address. Ron at price-associates.com. Super simple to do. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.